Hello and welcome to Grace Lifestyle Bosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello everybody. Good morning. Good to be with you. Happy New Year. We, we've had a, a great start to the, the, the new year, I trust you have, in terms of even just the ministry, and really excited about what God's got in store for us as a, a family. Um, you know, we, are, as Grace Life, are a family of churches, and um, we got to visit the family in Albania, and it was great to take all the pastors with us. That was phenomenal. Thank you to everybody who so generously gave towards that and prayed for us. It was awesome to be able to take everybody. And... Um, the impact that it had on everyone was exactly what I knew God wanted to do. Um, I, you know, I, I, one day Martin and I were busy getting into bed and I was agonizing over some stuff and I said, maybe we should take everyone to Albania. <laughs> and then the more we spoke about it, the more we knew this is God. And then I messaged everyone and I said, um, <clears throat> we feel uh, 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 that we should all go on this mission trip together. You don't need to pray about it. You just need to decide, am I going to say yes or no? <laughs> so we made it easy for them to not say no. And um, it was awesome, so thank you. The, the, the opportunities it opened up for us as well in terms of missions and connecting with missionaries. There's a missionary family, two families in the city of Gustavar in uh, Macedonia that we got to connect with. And we visited them. A town or city of 38,000 people. And the, these two families are the only Christians. Um, so, you know, how do you know that they know that they're the only Christians? Well, they've been there for 10 years. And uh, they've been working there for 10 years. And, um, you know, it was great because you could see they're ready to give up. And here we are coming in to be able to encourage them. They're like, very suspicious. Why did you drive all the way from Albania via uh, uh, um, Kosovo to get you to encourage us? And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I've even messaged the, 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 the lead pastor there yesterday and it's really awesome just to see how they're receiving from us and encouragement. And it's, it's, it, that's what God wants to do is network us to be able to reach more people. And we can speak more about that next, uh, next week as well. But we're really just excited about the, um, the impact of that trip. But this year is a, a new year. And uh, I know what happens with all of us is we tend to kind of get into this, what's going to happen that's new? And there's two things that can happen. God can kind of give you maybe a focus. Some, some people, may, He's already dealt with you like that. He's given you a focus for the year or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, as a ministry, next year we'll tell you what God's put on our hearts for us as a ministry. This is, the, this is what you should focus on. But what God would never do, and some people like to do this, is give me a word for the whole church in the body, uh, worldwide. And say, this is what, the, what, this is what God wants to focus on the whole year for the whole church. Why wouldn't he do that? Because, you know, the, 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 the way God works is through the leadership of that church. And so, you know, another church group can't really impose on us their vision because God's given us what we should focus on. Does that make sense? So these uh, words of this is the year of whatever is specific to a church or a church family. Okay, and if, if it, you, you, you don't fall into the trap of thinking that this is for me, if you're not part of them, okay? Some people do make it a, a generalized thing, like I heard one guy say, this is the year of the fulfillment of all of God's promises to you. Let's just pause there for a moment and ask the question of how is that possible? I know all things are possible, but we'll get, we can look at the context of that statement at another stage, but let's just think about that. God's going to fulfill all His promises to you this year. Then at the end of this year, Jesus probably, you know, reappears and everything's done. Isn't that the implications? That's where it's going, isn't it? <laughs> you know, we need to think about some of these things and realize that it's not all, it's, it might just be some hype to get you excited to go in a certain direction. But, you know, maybe there's something in that for that, that, that uh, church family. Uh, one of my favorites was uh, also... Uh, that I looked up online was the, the year of heaven on earth. <clears throat> and that was said by someone who's definitely saying it's for the whole church worldwide. 
because 2022, okay, you know, before, before this year we know, because of COVID and ESCOM and stuff like that, it hasn't been heaven on earth really, hey? <laughs> but let's, let's be honest, God's desire is that every year is heaven on earth because of us. Because of us. Okay? So we mustn't get wrapped up in these um, uh, exciting words for the year, and we must really just see that God hasn't changed His word for our year. We're living in a year. It's the year of our Lord. We need to just focus on what He's called us to do. Okay? Some, you know, the prophetic, we believe it, it's real. God wants to speak to us, and He might give us some things of what's coming, and this and that, the next thing. But... Be careful if people generalize things and put things on you like that. Because God's, one year I heard someone say, this is the year where God wants to break forth in miracles. Last year he didn't want to do that. <laughs> right? That's what the implication is. This year is something special. God's doing something new. I was speaking to Ben Conway about that yesterday on, on message. Because he said there's this situation where someone's saying that a lot and he's kind of struggling with it. God's wanting to do something new. God's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. Behold, there's a verse for it, right? Isaiah, I've got it in my notes somewhere. Isaiah, where it says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. There's a context to that. God's not doing anything new. You are. And He might lead you to do something new. But God's waiting for us to do new things to accomplish what He's always said. He's not going to do something new this year in your life. You might, because you make different decisions. But God's not making different decisions about you. Amen? Amen. Mm. Is that good? <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, is like we, we, we need to like take stock at the beginning of the end of a year and look to forward to the new year and see what has God got for us. Because every single one of us has a plan. God's got a plan and a purpose for us. And we'll be unpacking that more and more, uh, uh, I believe, this year. Because um, many of us are frustrated, and I believe this is a word for many of you, are frust you're frustrated because you're not realizing your purpose. You're frustrated at the office or at home or whatever the case is because there's something more. And th there's a deeper purpose which you haven't realized yet. You come to church, you do Bible reading, you pray, you give, but there's frustration because there's got to be more. Then you go look for all those worship songs about there must be more, and you're just stirring up those emotions and getting unhappy and discontent, and now you think maybe you should leave and go somewhere. It's not going to help. If you just up and move every time you feel like there's more, you, 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 your answer is you think it must be geography or a new church or something like that. The problem is probably not uh, uh, your geography or your church or whatever. The problem is probably just your perspective and your knowledge. You don't know what your purpose truly is. <clears throat> you know, because the thing is, the Bible hasn't changed, right? Anyone got one of those new Bibles where you open it and sometimes the words change? Anyone got one like that? That's it? That's the app. <laughs> yeah, I suppose with apps they could do that if they wanted to. But the point is, is we open our Bible and it's the same word. Okay? And I understand someone's thinking of this now, that you can read the same word that was written to a couple hundred years ago, and you're like looking at it and you're like, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, God speaks something to you for now. I agree with that, because the word of God is living and active. But there's a context to that word which doesn't change. Okay, so if you just read the word from beginning to end continuously and continuously and continuously without the Spirit, you'd probably get bored. You'd probably think, well, this is a bit um, crusty for me now. I need something exciting. Let me check what's happening on Netflix or um, you know, watch uh, something on, on TV or whatever. But the point that I'm trying to make is some things, in the kingdom even, are process-driven. And we might, like, uh, 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 I like spontaneity. You may have not known that about me. I like, like, you know, kind of just pulling rabbits out of hats and stuff like that and uh, changing things up. And it's not like for the sake of change. It's for the sake of, I feel like, you know, we should do this now. And uh, 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 so we do it and it, it's, you know, it's never not worked, praise God. But the point is, is like if you, discipleship, for example, is monotonous. It's, it's, it's a rhythm. 
Church is a rhythm. We meet on Sundays here at 9 a.m. It's, it, 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 it can, you know, but, but in the monotony of it and in the rhythm of it and in the process of it, we need to make sure that we're not just going with the flow. We must make sure that we're always like, God, here's a moment that we have together. What do you want to do? What do you want to say? And He's not going to say, I'm doing a new thing. But He might lead us to do something we've never done before. Like going to Albania with all the pastors. You know, and I said to Martin, I don't know what's going to happen with the churches, but let's just do it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, and here we are. Nothing fell apart. Point being is that when we come together in our rhythm and in our routine, in your daily time with the Lord of reading the Word and praying and spending time with Him, don't be like expecting business as usual. Be like, God, what's on your heart for me? You know, I, 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 I contacted Peter this yesterday or the day before to say that I really feel to come. And it was more just I had a word like on my heart, just a quick word, not wanting to preach, but just share something on worship. And the thing on worship that I feel is with that, this is just a bit of it, but that even when we come to sing songs, forget about the songs, they can't, they need to sing the songs, but you forget about the songs and get, God, what have you got for me? God, what's on your heart for me right now? Because we don't have a religion where it's step one, step two, thank God, step three, step four. You know, we don't have this, this, this kind of like boring, ritualistic thing that we have to do. What is it? It's life. We've come to a party this morning where God is here, He's real, and He wants to do something, He wants to say something. Some of you, He's wanting to see healing in your body manifest. Some of you, He's wanting to see you break out of negative patterns of thinking which uh, are causing uh, depression and are causing other problems. Some of you, He's just wanting you to wake up. <laughs> you're, you're here, your eyes are open, you're breathing, but you're sleeping. You know, I don't know what God's wanting to do in your heart. Maybe some of the stuff will come up in a bit. But there's something in here. And, and we mustn't fall into the monotony of just going through the flow. But those things are like brushing your teeth is a good ritual. Amen. Coming to church every Sunday is a good ritual. But don't make it a ritual religiously. Make it a thing of we're coming to celebrate. As we were driving here, and I was just saying, such a beautiful day. I thought, I, I thought, I'm so glad I remembered. I wanted to make a note of it and I didn't. I thought I want to start off by saying, well done for being here and not somewhere else. You could have been on the beach or in the mountains or something like that. Now, one day I was talking to a pastor in Joburg and um, uh, he said to me, we're sitting down, um, some of you might know him, um, Josh McCauley. And he said, um, so ministry in Cape Town, that must be tough. And I laughed because I thought he was joking. And then I looked at him and he wasn't joking. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you've got to contend with so many things for people's attention. You've got the beach, you've got the mountains. It's beautiful. Thankfully, we've got Joburg. <laughs> you know, that, that's the point. It's like, you know, people, what has got your heart this year? We'll get into that in a moment. What has got your heart? You're here because God's got a large part of your heart. Even if it's just today. And you can do something in your heart this morning that could impact not only the week ahead, but the whole year, your whole life. You know, so many people I know, including myself, went to church. There were so many times I went to church on Sunday. Growing up, I just went to church because that's what I did. We had church in the morning, we had church in the evening, so I went twice. You know? <laughs> I served twice. I did the sound and the multimedia and I don't know what else, but I did all of it. It's whatever I could do, I did it. And um, I remember just because I went to church, having so many defining moments in my life. One where uh, I remember I was at the back and um, I was nobody really. I was just serving and I mean, I was in school, you know. And uh, the, the, the pastor in the front, a visiting pastor, calls me out and says, I see you lying on your bed, staring at the ceiling, talking to God about the future. And I was like, how does he know I do that? And then he started to say things and it impacted me. You know, where it, it, it kind of helps you get on course with what God's, where God's wanting to take you. Other things where, you know, uh, someone would give me a word or someone would do this or say that. Or, and it was life-changing, course-altering. It's not just let's come together to sing song. God save us from sing song. 
You, know, you don't choose a church because the worship is good. You choose a church because it, it, it's a family where you, yes, you can worship together and you, you, you receive the word, you, you're a disciple. You know, nowhere really in the New Testament does, are we called worshippers. Let's ponder on that for a moment. What are we called? Disciples. Disciples are people who receive the word, who embrace the word, who grow in the word. That's what we're called to. And then we worship. Yes, our lives are worship. That's what uh, Romans chapter 12 is talking about. Amen? So, in getting the most out of this year, let's talk about a couple things. Firstly, one of the things that you would probably have established in your heart by now is uh, uh, an issue of the sovereignty of God, really. Because we kind of like, I wonder what this year is going to hold. I wonder what God's got in store for me. I wonder uh, what's going to happen to me. Forget about that for a moment. Because, you know, bad things happen to good people. How many of you were affected by COVID? Those that didn't put your head up or nodded or laughed or lying. Everybody I've met in the whole world has been affected by COVID. Everyone. Nobody wasn't affected. Because even if you wanted to go and, and, and travel to a country and go and do something, you couldn't. Even if it was just that. Okay? When COVID hit, we were in the States and we were on a plot where there was a big forest in the back. And so we, we weren't, it wasn't a problem for us. We, we could walk around and I'm sorry to make you jealous, but it was nice. No one was wearing masks at the shop until the government made a real issue with it and then they were making an issue with it at the door. And everybody was putting the mask on and walking in and taking it off, you know, which isn't really that great. But, you know, there was kind of like it was relaxed. <laughs> it was a small town. The point is, is that it affected everybody because now all of a sudden you had to make sure you at least bought a mask, even if it was just an accessory. But the point is that, that what happens to you, you don't know what's going to happen this year. I think you quoted it earlier, John 16, verse 33. Jesus prophesying over us, not just for this year, but for our lives. This is a good prophecy for you. You ready? In this world you will have trouble. <laughs> but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Okay, so we know this year is probably going to have some trouble. We know that because of ESCOM already. <laughs> Let me not go there. And we know that because of just life, right? We just, things happen. But, uh, 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 how we respond to things, how we deal with the things, can really make a difference. We should be, as the church of God, the most hopeful people on the planet. People should look at us and go, why are you so um, okay with what's going on? Like, the, the, like, you're happy, you're full of peace, you're full of joy. You know, I know that you're going through the same troubles, but it's not, so, it's not troubling you. you. We have trouble, but it's not troubling us. Is your heart troubled or is it not troubled? There's a discipleship opportunity if your heart's troubled. Because we need to grow to the place where we're living unaffected by the circumstances of life in our hearts. Even if we are affected by them in our business, in our lives. Because uh, uh, there's economic issues or whatever. God provides, but it doesn't mean you're going to have everything you had last year and more. It just means things might just be a little bit different. You know, we, anyway, Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. One, we, most of us will know, it says, I place before you life and death, blessings and curses. What does he say? Choose life. That you may live. All of us have the same opportunities, the same, not the same opportunities, but the same way that, um, the same situation that we have to respond to things. We all have life and we have to respond to the opportunities in life. What does that mean? You get to choose right or you get to choose what's wrong. That's what freedom is, right? That's what freedom. You, you, most of you had the choice to come to church this morning or not. Some of you maybe just were drug here. And you had the choice to come here, and because you came here, I trust that there would be something that blesses you, and you walk away like, wow, I'm glad I came. Rather than, 
you know, it was just a waste of your time. <laughs> but the point is, is that we get to choose how we respond to things. We get to choose life or death, even in terms of the gospel. You choose to accept it or you choose to reject it. Now, if, if I assume, let's assume that we're all saved. It's not maybe a good assumption, but just for the, the sake of my, my, um, my explanation, if we're all saved here, we get to choose if we share this good news with people or not. We get to choose what are we doing with this. Okay? <clears throat> James chapter 1 verse 5. James chapter 1 verse 5. says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously, without reproach, and it will be given to him. This year, I believe every single one of us is going to need some wisdom. Wisdom is what helps us to make the right decisions. Amen? So, if, if, if we're going to be faced with life and death, what do you, that's a no-brainer, okay? But if we're faced with life and death, blessings and curses, and we need to choose, make a decision, which one do we want, what do we sometimes need to make the right decision? Wisdom. Often what happens is, is we, we get into a situation and we try and think it through, rationalize it, ask for everyone's opinion, and then what happens? We're more confused than when we started. And yet we didn't say, God, what do you say about this? And we definitely didn't ask the right people usually. Ask, start off by praying about a situation, and then ask the right people. Some people are definitely the wrong people. There's some people I'll never ask for advice from. <laughs> There should be people like that in your life too. They may give that advice and you go, wow, thank you so much. <laughs> and then you walk away and you forget what they said. Quickly. But that's the point, isn't it? We, uh, we need wisdom to be able to make the right decisions. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I want to read this verse to you. Because I believe for many of you, in terms of your decisions for the year and what God's got for you, this is something, uh, a little bit of um, what I believe God is wanting to do with us in the ministry this year as well. Um, but Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16, it says, Make sure, this is the New Living Translation, make sure no, that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. So he sold his birthright for a meal. And I believe, talking about purpose, a lot of us, and we're going to probably get into Esau a bit in the, in the coming weeks, but the, the, the issue is, is what, are, like, what are you going for this year? Are you going for your birthright, what God is has, has, has divinely purposed for you, which you need wisdom in order to move towards, or are you going for that meal? You, you, you're willing to give up, sell your birthright, your purpose, your God-given purpose for a meal, for a, a bowl of soup or a, a burger or whatever you want. Sometimes the, 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 the little bit of discomfort we're facing now we kind of just want to get out of it so we make rash decisions because we want to be satisfied now. We want to deal with the issue now. And so we jump ship and move out of where we are because it's uncomfortable, it's unpleasant, and then we miss out on so much. And yet, you know, God doesn't want us, I believe, to be in discomfort. I don't think He wants us to be unhappy. He doesn't want us to be miserable. But more than Him wanting you to be comfortable and happy and all of that, I believe He wants you to be fruitful. Because fruitfulness will bless you. Fruitfulness blesses the person, people around you, the person sitting next to you. And fruitfulness blesses the kingdom. And you will only truly have fruitfulness in your divine purpose, your birthright. So what are you contending for? What has your heart? Is <clears throat> a, 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 a very... Um, Good question to consider. Because what is, what's on God's heart for you this year is the same as every year. And it's something which I believe will go beyond you. Go beyond your home. 
God's got a vision for us as individuals and as individual families here and as a, 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 a family, a church family, to impact more than just ourselves. You know, there's a, a, a nasty part of Christianity which is very self-centered and very uh, self-focused. And the only way, and I mean, because people are self-centered, none of us, but people out there are self-centered, you have to appeal to them in carnal ways. You have to kind of, you know, uh, 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 tell them what's in it for them. I've had people who are in marketing in church tell me that. <laughs> you know, if you want to really appeal to people, you're going to have to tell them what's in it for them. The thing is, is there's so much in the kingdom for you. Within your divine purpose, your, 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 your birthright, there is so much blessing there. And it's not dollar signs, but you'll be so satisfied because you see people being impacted and being blessed. And then there's eternal rewards with that. <clears throat> Psalm 23. Let's look at Psalm 23, because this is, I believe, one of the keys for, for each of us to be able to have a good year, to be able to have a fruitful year. Psalm 23, I'm going to read from the New Living. The Lord is my shepherd. <clears throat> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. Like, we need that wisdom... The wisdom doesn't come from yourself to make the right decisions. The wisdom comes from God. And the first wise thing that you can do is go, I'm not the shepherd. I'm not the boss. He is. And so, Father, where are you leading me? How are you leading me? What decisions, like how should I make? He's not interested in what color shirt you wear today. So don't, don't be bothered with, with trivial things like that. He might, you might wake up one day and he says, wear this. I mean, when we were in uh, 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 Albania, um, I had a moment like that, and I'm trying to think, I don't really want to share it, but like in that moment, like it was a significant ministry opportunity because I had a certain thing with me. I felt God say, take this with you. So I took it with me, and it, it, it opened up such a, 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 a closed heart. It was beautiful. So, so sometimes we have things like that, but imagine every day we waste time. God, what color socks? God, what color socks? Please tell me which shoes match these socks. God, tell me about you. Stop it. <laughs> you know, stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box. Go, read, go look that up. It's a good video. The point is, is that we need to... Like maturity doesn't ask mom and dad, what, what should I wear today? I didn't phone my mom or, you know, or anything like that and say, Mom, what should I wear today? I chose. <laughs> you know, I chose. You know, but because I've, I've matured out of that place now. With God, I think he, he, he entrusts us as His sons and as His daughters to make decisions. Because He's given us the general picture. But now, we need to navigate through that. With regards to which job, where. All those type of things. Like He wants to be invited into them because He wants to set you up in your birthright, in your purpose to be able to be satisfied and influence people and make a difference for Him. So the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. If we pause there and we ask ourselves this question, do we believe that? Don't answer out loud. Because we're all good Christians, so we'll say yes. But the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that, we need, that I need. I shall not want, the King James says. Is that, is that a truth for you? That, that you really believe. You, do you believe, when you look at your bank account, that you have everything you need? Do you believe that when you, you look at your circumstances, the, the, your business, and maybe the lack of opportunities that you've got, or something, do you believe when you see the lack, when you see the problem, do you really believe, God is, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need? Because for a lot of us, our problem is, I don't really believe I have all that I need. Because I'm looking at the bank, and I see that I don't have what I need. And so, this must be a promise. <laughs> then we make it into a promise. 
And now I'm believing this promise that I, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. It's not stated as a promise. It's stated as a fact. Do you realize that no matter how much lack you see in your life right now, you have all that you need. Why? Because the Lord is your shepherd. Because you've got Him. Because you've got Him. What else do you need? Well, yeah, obviously money in the bank is great. But if the economy crashed and there was no value for money, then what would you do? You have God. He can provide. If He can cause a raven to take it to the prophet and drop, drop off meat. I don't know if I would want to eat that. Let's be honest. But, you know, He caused ravens, birds, to bring meat and drop it there for, for the prophet to eat. If He can do that, then I'm sure He can look after you, even if, he doesn't, even if it's not through your paycheck, or through your salary, through your investments, or whatever the case is. Verse 2. He leads me in green meadows, green pastures. He leads me besides peaceful streams. So, I mean, if we think about this, this is a prophecy of Jesus. This, this, this whole psalm. It's a prophecy of Jesus. And he's saying that in our walk with the shepherd, with Jesus, in our relationship with this good shepherd, that's what Jesus called himself, in, in our relationship with Him, He wants to lead us to these uh, uh, um, green pastures and besides these still waters. He wants us to be refreshed. He, green pastures where we would be able to be refreshed. I believe it's talking about His Word, it's talking about His presence, it's talking about seeing you know, the, the still waters, seeing your reflection in the waters and seeing your true identity in the Word and being encouraged and enriched from that. Those are the things that we need to be able to be refreshed for the journey that's out there, walking in our purpose, in our birthright. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, even bringing uh, honor to His name. This is the key. Even when I walk through darkest valley, I'm going to read in the King James, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So it's like, <laughs> the valley of the shadow of death, some of you feel like you've gone through one recently. You know, uh, 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 when we're going through the valley of the sh shadow of death, we need to realize we don't have to fear. Why? The verse says, God is with you. Now you can focus on the valley of the shadow of death and freak out because it's pretty scary. But when you realize that someone who's bigger than that is with you, in you, you're one with him, that you can get through this because of that, then that should change everything. Game changer. God is with me. These problems, I'm not focusing on them, I know I've got to walk through them. I know I've got to deal with them. I've got to walk through this. But God's walking with me through this. There's these challenges, these trials that are going to come in your life this year. And you get to walk through them with someone who has all the wisdom that you need to get through. Isn't that good news? That's good news. And it's not dependent on how good a boy or girl have you been. Did you pay your tithe this month? It's not dependent on anything like that. It's just, you're my child, look to me as, my, as your shepherd and walk with me. The invitation from God is just, will you walk with me? It's relationship. So we need to change our perspective in uh, challenging times and realize that even if we're in the valley of the shadow of death, we don't need to fear any evil because God is with us. Another good verse to encourage us, and this is James chapter 1, verse 2 to 3. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 3. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, this is the NIV, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So, consider it pure joy when you're in a trial. <clears throat> I know, yeah, if you've been in Grace Life for some time, you would have heard this at least ten times. But we need to be reminded of this. That even in the midst of a trial, in difficulties, we can be full of joy. Like uh, 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 um, Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the great circumstances we have. Always. 
It doesn't say that, does it? It says rejoice in the Lord always. We don't rejoice in the challenges that we've got. We rejoice in the God that we've got. Rejoice in the fact that He's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So He's not going anywhere. But in your mind, you're going places. In your mind, you're, you're, you're uh, focused in on the valley of the shadow of death, or you're focused in on God is with me. I've been through many valleys of the shadows of death, and uh, people around don't even know. Why? Because I'm good at hiding it? No. <laughs> because I'm more occupied with God than I am with the problems that we've got. And we should all be living like that. It's not wrong to go, hey, you know, to someone in church, to your pastor, I'm struggling with something, we're going through something, please pray with me. Perfect. But then their job is not to go, ah, shame. I'm so sorry, every time they see you. Their job is to get your eyes on Jesus and to keep focused on the fact that He's with you. And sometimes you'll look at the the, the leaders and you'll go, why aren't you being sympathetic with me? I'm going through some stuff. I'm going through some stuff. It's, it's difficult. That's when I usually go, I'm so sorry, shame. <laughs> and I give them their moment and then I go, let's, let's just think about this for a moment. God is with you. You can get through this. You've got this. The greater one lives in you. 1 John uh, 4 verse 4. So we need to change our perspective about challenges and not allow the circumstances to define us but the Word to define us. Because if the Word defines us, who cares what the circumstances are? We all love comfort, I I would imagine. I love comfort. I love being comfortable. That's why why I'm wearing my nice lightweight shirt on a hot summer's day with my lightweight pants and not jeans. Because I'd rather be wearing shorts. And up here I feel naked in shorts. So that's why I'm wearing my pants. But come the next month or two I'm probably going to be wearing these and my other pair like this (laughs) or shorts if they're dirty I like comfort that's why you ladies moved away from the air conditioner (laughs) because you were uncomfortable where I would feel comfortable the point is is like a a friend of ours in church in Rondebosch he he came for a a Christmas dinner at our house and he he said um, and it came to, uh, we, we had a nice, nice dinner. It was awesome. Different foods and all of this. And came to desserts and I was excited because, you know, I'd cooked it. And he's like, would you be offended if I don't eat this? I was like, I'm not going to be offended. It's more for us. You know. <laughs> and then he said basically how he's not eating like sugar and stuff like that. But more because he's training himself to enjoy the little things in life by not enjoying like, it was right, eh? like the dopamine, like allowing that to be his fix, but allowing just like the simple things in life to. And I was like, that's special, you know, like, (laughs) that's hardcore. So he's embracing discomfort. He's embracing discomfort so he can enjoy the things that are comfortable. Our life is, the, is uncomfortable enough in terms of just ministry. <clears throat> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm rather going to focus in on, 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 on Jesus and just enjoy life. Um, but the point is, is like we change our perspectives. Like, you know, I think about um, Bible schools and, and things like that. And um, <clears throat> you, 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 let's say every single one of us wants to go to a Bible school. So we go and we look for a Bible school to go to and you're going and you're looking. A lot of us are going to look for one probably based on comfort. We do that with church, but let's just stick with Bible school for a moment. Now, now you find out there's this one Bible school. It's got a lovely campus. It's, 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 it's not too expensive. It's, it's really nice. It's, it's like got air-conditioned auditoriums. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's, 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 it's three years or a year, whatever. Like, you're like, this is the one. It looks great. That's what you looked at. Then, then there's the other Bible school prospectus. It's in China. In a cave in the mountains, where that's where you sleep. And in order to train you, they're going to teach you to fall out of a two-story building. And they're going to do mild forms of torture on you to prepare you for persecution. Some of us, you, some of, that, that, that's a true story. 
Go read Heavenly Man. Some of us are like, wow, let's go for it. Some of us would be like, wow. God hasn't called me to that, you know. Anyway, the other, another aspect of, 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 of getting the most out of this year and really just having a, a fruitful year. Never mind a good year. Just If we have fruitfulness, we'll be good, right? But a good year is, is just faith. And this is something that God's been challenging me and talking to me in the last couple of weeks. Is just like faith in terms of seeing more, seeing bigger, not kind of being limited by what you see. Okay? So I want to ask the question, what do you believe in God for in 2023? What do you believe in God for this year? Think about it for a moment. And then I'll pull the rug out from under you. What do you believe in God for in, in this year ahead? Because... You know, firstly, I'm not talking about materialism. I'm not talking about more money. It's good to have more money. Nice to have more stuff. But we need to dream bigger than that. We need to dream with God. And if we are dreaming with God, it's going to go beyond materialism. Okay? The, the, the gospel is not about materialism. Your purpose is not about materialism. Your birthright is not about materialism. You sell your birthright for materialism. And that's what many people are doing. They're selling their birthright for materialism. Now hope deferred makes the heart sick, Proverbs says, and often because we have the wrong goal, at the end of the year we get sick in our hearts. We lose trust in God, not because He's not trustworthy, but because... We believed, I've seen this with, 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 with close friends even, they're believing for something, they believe God's told them, this is a promise for you, this is something to go for. That doesn't happen, and then what happens? They get offended with God. Because they were believing for something that they wrongly believed God had said. And then I feel like a snake saying, did God really say? <laughs> but it's the right question. Because sometimes we've just put the, the we, we, we think God's saying something. We need to be careful with, with things like that. So, what do you believe in God for? What do you have faith for this year? I think three things that would be really great for you to believe God for this year is number one, spiritual growth. Because that'll change everything. That'll change your family, it'll change your business, it'll make you a nicer person. Okay, number two, stepping out more into your purpose and your destiny and your birthright. That means you would discover more of what your purpose is and you'd be stepping out into it. And number three, whatever God has faithful. <laughs> what does God have faithful? What? Salvation. Healing. He, he wants you to, to see that in your life and through your life. Okay? But there's going to be obstacles, there's going to be challenges to that, right? To, to whatever you're going to go for this year. And in, in dealing with that, we need to realize that um, we're not dealing with things in the nat naturally speaking. Okay, so turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Because so often we see these val the valley of the shadow of death, we see the obstacles, we see the problems, and yet we, 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 we limit ourselves by these things. You know, I, 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 I was having a conversation with God a couple days ago about planning things for the year and whatever, and, and, and I said, well, I'm, I'm going to do this because I'm not gonna, I can't do that. That's, that's too much. And then I felt him say, why not? <laughs> And I was like, okay, point proven already. I don't need to even discuss this. We, we can just change it straight up. We don't need to converse about my little faith with this issue. We can just talk straight up about, like, let's just take the lid off and go for it. <laughs> the same thing with the, the venue for the conference. Wow, 500, Lord. You know, at the, the most, we could probably do 150 of everyone from all the campuses. Well, not everyone came from the campuses. You know, it's like, it's like Really? Okay. <laughs> you know, anyway. Second uh, Kings chapter 6, verse uh, 15. I love this. And if you've never read this chapter, um, put your bookmark in there and go and read it. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, 
behold, an, an, an host compassed... Let me read it in the New Living. Uh, when the servants of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses and chariots everywhere. And then the young man cried to Elisha, Oh sir, what must we do now? So the, this is the thing, the king has sent his army to come and get the man of God. And the man of God and the little boy, the servants, are sitting there and he sees the, 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 the armies and he's like, this is horrible. <laughs> What's going to happen now? He says, you know, what are we going to do? Okay. 16. Elisha told him, don't be afraid, for there are more on our side than on theirs. And I mean, someone who's naturally, natural thinking, someone who's focused in on the carnal, what we can see and experience, would go, you're cuckoos. That's not true. Look what I see. There's a problem here. But what does the man of God do? He says, uh, it says there that he prayed, and uh, he prayed, O Lord, open his eyes that, that he may see. The Lord opens the young man's eyes, and he looked up and he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. So for us, going into the issues, the challenges, the problems, you might feel that, hey, there, there's many more with everyone else. Like, I, I'm not experiencing so much favor, but everyone else is. You need to start to see Christ in you. You need to start to realize at what an advantage you have got. The problem like, is that we just don't believe in our identity. And if you don't believe in your, your God-given identity, you'll never function in your birthright, in your destiny. You'll never walk in confidence in what He's called you to if, you never, uh, uh, if you're not established in who you are. So what are, you, what are you pursuing this year? What, what is your focus? What are your goals? I think you know, it, it's good to sit and make some if you want to. I don't do, usually do that. It was really funny that Peter said the whole thing about planning ahead. My, my year's plan. <laughs> it was planned halfway through last year, uh, which is the first ever. Uh, uh, but the point is, it's like because God just said, do this and then do that. And I was like, okay, it's sorted out. Like the whole, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. And uh, anyway, it's, 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 it's interesting. But Matthew chapter 6, let's finish off with this. So this is all just really some encouragement in terms of your focus and your, your, what are you going for this year. And I mean, you're here on a beautiful summer's day where you could be outside, so you're already pursuing God. So now I just want to help you kind of like keep going. And for some of you, just shift gears to keep going. And some of you need to take people with you and keep going. Okay? Because we're all called to go. You know, like Peter was saying, gather, grow, go. You know, we want to gather for family and for, for equipping and for, 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 for fellowship and for ministry. But our purpose isn't to gather. Our purpose is to gather to be able to grow, to be able to, 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 to become all that God's called us to become in terms of fruitfulness, so that we can go wherever we are and into the nations to see Him, uh, His, His uh, kingdom established. So Matthew chapter 6, the whole chapter is really great for, for what we're talking about. But I mean, I'll just comment on a few things. Number 19, oh, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust do corrupt, and thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. I'm so glad I'm not very materialistic. I need things to, get, to do what I do. But it's like, uh, uh, before we went to... Um, Albania last year, we, were, we went away just for, I think, three days quickly to Marna's um, uh, parents' uh, uh, place, and we were there, and uh, uh, it was wonderful, and we were having a great rest, and I think it was the first night, you know, you know get, get, go to bed, put my phone next to my bed so that, you know, the alarm or whatever, um, go to bed and wake up in the middle of the night, and there was this very... Uh, uh, um, uh, unexpected guest who was uh, in the room taking my phone and our wallets and, and he left the room and you know so it's like I lost my phone in the deal uh, uh, which I do a lot of work on and I enjoyed a couple of days of peace but it was also quite challenging in many respects 
because I use it for, for all sorts of things ministry-wise. And uh, long story short, I mean, I, I was blessed with a new phone. Praise God, I got one. That's awesome. But the, the, the thing is, is like I didn't fall apart. We, none of us fell apart. We enjoyed the holiday. You know, we just carried on. It wasn't, an, it, it, it wasn't much of an issue. You know, the, the, the boys weren't, uh, 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 didn't seem to be in fear or anything like that. Because our hearts also aren't set on these things where, you know, if, 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 it, if the enemy came and took something and it destroys you, then that's probably something you, you value too much. So, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. But then, the, 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 if you go further down, verse 24, no man can serve two masters. You'll either hate the one or love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So it's like, what are you pursuing? What, what's, what, are you pursuing God or are you pursuing what the world's pursuing? Here's the thing. It's like we are called to disciple the world. So this year, a great um, uh, uh, goal for you and for me is to be a disciple and make disciples. Okay? But for a lot of us, we're, being, we're doing great jobs of being discipled by the world. Because, we're, you know, if you're uh, 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 binge-watching more than you're spending time in the Word, and allowing God to change your heart, and God to, to speak to you, then the world is discipling you. Definitely. So it's like, who has got most of your attention this year? It's a, it's a great challenging question to think about in the beginning of a year. We skip all the way down to verse 33, and it says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So we need to be prioritizing what God prioritizes. God's priority for you is kingdom. And so we should be prioritizing that. Priority, growing through the Word. That's how we grow. Growing through the Word. Growing through church. Growing through serving, like Peter spoke about earlier. Growing through giving. Being generous. Because the, all of these things help us, and it's, it, 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 you look back on the end, I promise you won't regret it. Then as I was, I was kind of preparing and thinking about this, I thought, you know, sometimes we're pursuing something and we're not pursuing the right thing. And, to, and it's very gentle instead of, or very subtle. And, and like, for example, we should be pursuing character and uh, 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 we should be pursuing, how did I put it here? Character, what's right, keeping your word over convenience or pleasure. And so, so often we'll be pursuing pleasure instead of kingdom. Something that, that's immediately gratifying rather than something that long, long term is a good investment. And so I'm sure, you know, if our goals are stuff like spiritual growth, relationships with family, with the, the family of church, with, with unbelievers even, if we're investing into being selfless, because if you think about Jesus and we want to be more like Jesus, Jesus humbled himself, gave up his rights, and did what He did for us. Died on the cross to save us. He was selfless, so we should be selfless too. So, it's not easy to be selfless. So, I, I thought a good challenge is, if, if it's not natural for you to be selfless, if you don't know if you're selfless or not, ask someone who's close to you. <laughs> and then, when they tell you and you're offended, don't be offended because you asked. Okay, and then be like, okay, you know, let me let me de deal with this. God help me, and you focus on Jesus. But then maybe just aim to do one thing every day that's for someone else's benefit, and it has nothing to do with you. Just be a blessing somehow to someone. You know, that's a good start. But aim to 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 go with God. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm going with Him. And it's easy for us to say, yes, that's exactly what I always do. But just, just take inventory and go, God, is that really what, what, what you want? Is it really what's happening? Am I truly seeking you first? And he, his answer to you will be very gentle, whether it's yes or whether it's no. You're not going to feel condemned. You're not going to feel bad. But you should feel corrected. You should feel like, I need to get on a better path. I need to change something. 
Sometimes we don't like it if we go to a church or we read the Bible and we feel bad. Feeling bad is not bad. Feeling condemned is wrong, but condemnation is in terms of hell. You've got to go, wow, my piece of stupid is not sending me to hell. I feel bad, but I need to change. <laughs> I need to be transformed. Amen? So Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity we have to grow this morning by making course corrections and, and shifting things in our hearts to step more in line with what have you got for us. And guiding us into more of our destiny, more of our birthright, more of what you've called us to, Father. We choose to, any idols or anything that we've placed ahead of you, if there's anything, Father, I think, firstly, just reveal to anybody here, if there's something that they've prioritized over you right now, just, 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 just speak to God and, and just allow Him to minister to you and show you if you've prioritized something over Him. And I don't believe He's wanting to rebuke you for it, but He's wanting to love you into a better place, lead you to a green pasture, lead you in a better, to a better space for your benefit. And so I believe He would just be lovingly revealing something to you that you maybe just need to lay down now. It might be a goal, it might be a desire, it might be something that you are pursuing. It might be something that just obviously just sin. Whatever it is, I just, just want to encourage you with God, just, just lay that down now and just say, Father, I'm going for you. Just, just, just do that in your heart with Him right now. It's not all wrong stuff, sometimes it's just not the God stuff. And just as a token of you've laid that down and you, you're, 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 you're pursuing first the kingdom this year, you, you're, not just this year, but from now, you're just wanting to go for God and you, He's your shepherd and you, you're going to trust Him and w discover and walk in your birthright, then if that's you and you're laying stuff down to move forward, and just stand up as a sign of God, I'm making this decision. Not as a, a commitment that brings condemnation, but as a commitment so that you can see and, and you, can, you can empower me for this. So if that's you, just stand up and let's respond to God. And Father, I thank you for those that are standing and responding to you and saying yes to you and saying I'm walking with you, I'm, I'm allowing you to shepherd me, allowing your wisdom, allowing your guidance, allowing you to lead and guide me and, and all of that. I, I just thank you, Father, that they just experience tremendous freedom in their hearts right now. That they just, as they lay down burdens, as they lay down things that they've pursued that they shouldn't because they should be pursuing you, I thank you, Father, that they let go and that they're going to find such satisfaction in their relationship, their friendship with you this year, Father. I feel God just saying to some of you, like you've been too hard on yourself, and that's why you're standing, because you feel like you should always do better, but you're actually doing good. And the way you know that if that's you, then the person who, who you came with, your, your spouse or whatever, they, they would be able to tell you that. They'd probably give you a nudge now and say, that's you. Father, I just, I just thank you that, that we are your sheep and we do hear your voice. John chapter 10. Thank you that we can draw wisdom from you. We can enjoy relationship with you. We can hear you, your voice, and we can walk with you and we can enjoy this life with you and be completely satisfied just with you because we've got you, we've got all we need. Thank you, Father. Let's just all stand up together for a moment and just allow God just to minister to us. Just close your eyes for a moment and just allow Him just to speak to your heart. Now this is a rare opportunity that we have in a week because many of us are just busy and we don't get an opportunity just to be still. So let's just be still and just allow God just to speak to us. I believe He's wanting to show you something, reveal something of His love for you to you because you're His child. Thank you, Father, that you just reveal something of your goodness to us.
just feel very strongly like someone got some really just like disturbing news. Maybe today or this past couple of days. If that's you, just put your hand up. If you've got some disturbing or bad news, no one else has to know. I just want to pray for you. Someone here got some bad news. Just come up here, Jane. Come up. Father, we just speak comfort to this couple. Thank you, Father, that uh, you just minister to their hearts right now. And whatever this news is, we just thank you, Father, that, that you trumpet. Thank you, Father, that they're not without you. Thank you, Father, that they have prioritized you and, and that you're in this situation. I know that they would have already spoken to you about it, Father. I thank you that they would just uh, experience your goodness and your faithfulness in this uh, situation, Father. Whatever it is, I just speak peace to the storm. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Before you, you even uh, uh, put up your hand, Jen, I just saw a picture of like a fork in the road. I just felt like God just saying, you know, when, when things fall in the middle of the path in front of you, like you, you just look to Him and He'll tell you to go this way or that way around it. But I just feel like there's a fork in the road and, and it's like uh, you, 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 you get to make a decision with Him and it's going to, you know, because you're making it with Him, it's going to be good. You don't know where it's going, but you know it's going to be good. This might have even nothing to do with the situation you came up for, but I just felt like God saying, you need to, you need to just uh, not be so focused in on the situation because there's something else at work here. It's unrelated that He's doing in you, that He's doing with you guys. And God's just saying, keep, keep the focus. Keep the prize in mind, like that He's taking you somewhere. And there's things like that, like that will come just to try and just entertain you by distracting you or distract you by entertaining you. Thank you, Father. We just speak peace and rest. We just command life to flow in all these areas right now that, are, that it's needed. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I just declare your favor over this couple, Father. I thank you for that just, just the passion that they have for you, Father, and that you're raising them up for great things. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anybody's got pain in their body right now, just raise your hands. There's pain or something that's uncomfortable right now. And if you're around them, just put your hand on them. Father, we just speak a release of life right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Right now, we just speak peace and healing to flow in the name of Jesus. Pain, leave. Whatever's causing that pain, we command correction. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And then last thing I just feel to minister into, there's some situations that seem hopeless. There's some of you, it's, it's not everybody, but there's some of you that, that there, there's something that, that's current, a situation that seems just like hopeless. That's how you've even described it, maybe. It's like it's the end of that road with that thing. 
And I just feel like God's just saying, just invite him to breathe his breath of life onto those dead bones, those dry bones. If that's you, just raise your hand where you are. And right now, Father, we just thank you that whoever that is, whatever the situation it is, I thank you that, that, that those dry bones will experience life now. We just speak a release right now in the name of Jesus to, to, to change that situation, Father. You know, whilst there are natural things and circumstances and uh, uh, um, um, consequences and whatever, and then people make decisions and we don't have authority over people's decisions and over them, there's a supernatural side where we can speak to situations. And so right now, I just command all demonic activity in those situations. I command it, stop now, and I just declare God's will to prevail in that situation. In the name of Jesus. As a family, we just stand with them, Father, and we just declare right now a change. We declare a turnaround in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.